Hey everybody, welcome back into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for a bonus version of Snappy Jays and a bonus practice for the Ohio State media contingent. It was number 11 of spring camp for the Buckeyes and we were honored to come in here and watch some of the festivities. That's Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham and I am Austin Ward. So weren't expecting it, we got it, a surprise. It was our gift, it was in our Easter basket and what did we learn inside of it? This was the most intense version of Ryan Day I think we've we've seen out here on the practice field. I don't know what it means. I, th I think uh, maybe he's like trying to light more of a fire, like particularly under the quarterbacks. But he was on the offensive linemen, he was on the receivers, he was down here with the defense yelling at people. Uh, he was I don't know, like juiced up. It wasn't like uh, screaming like nonsensically, raving <laughs> mad for no reason. It was just like intense, which I don't think we've seen for him yet this spring. I like to see him moving around. I mean, that was one of his keys heading into this spring was becoming more of a CEO and doing more, you know, full team stuff. And you can see that it's a focus for him because, as you said, I was watching him. He was with the quarterbacks and I was, where, where, where'd they go? And then all of a sudden he's down with the defensive lineman. And it's pretty interesting just to see how he's trying to take on this new role. And I thought he needed to be on the quarterbacks today from what I could see. I don't think either of them were particularly crisp um, for yep. most of the day that we got to watch. And I, I, I think that that's maybe natural as you start to head into the back end of spring practice. People are getting a little bit tired. You start to see a few more guys injured out here and maybe not feeling like ready to go 100%. That's the rigor of, of being in, in the mix here. But um, it, it was a good practice to watch because I don't think it was very good performance in a lot of ways. I asked Ryan Day afterwards about something that caught my eye and your, yours too, Bill. We were watching the offensive line. Like, if you, It wasn't just penalties where you were getting pulled from the lineup. It was if you lost a couple reps in a row and that happened you know, to Josh Fryer, it wasn't just a situation. We've talked about right tackle all camp. Like, that happened at multiple spots, including to somebody who's probably – yeah, you know, one of the more entrenched starters on that group. Uh, but definitely, if you if you took a penalty, if you lost several reps in a row, you're taking a lap, you're coming out of the lineup. And that was not something that we had seen from the previous uh, two full scrimmages or, you know, a couple other practices that we got to see parts of. So, you know, I don't know that that's uncommon over the course of a full year or a full spring, but it wasn't something that we had seen him do a lot this spring in particular, and I don't know if that's because you said, like, what's the reason? Is it because there's only one week left of, of spring and you're running out of opportunities to get stuff done? That's probably part of it. And also, as that's what you said, and then what also Berm said, like, the execution wasn't as sharp, and you want to make sure that you get that under control. So adding that all together, I think that's why you thought you saw maybe an, an edgier version of Ryan Day than we've seen in March or April so far. Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing if – Ohio State doesn't have entrenched starters on the offensive line outside of Donovan Jackson. I personally think they need to make sure that Josh Fryer knows his job isn't his job. Like, I, I think that there's ah, value this, in yeah, Josh. Being a little uncomfortable. Yeah, like, I don't think that he's done enough to say, you are the starting left tackle at Ohio State. And I don't think that there's anyone who should be putting that thought into his head. Because it's just hard because, like, okay, yeah, you're not, it, the, then who right, is Right. I mean, yeah, I get it. Yeah. But the question so, has to be, it has to be at least expressed that. Just because you've been the guy here the last three weeks doesn't mean that this is your job and you can't lose it. I mean, hell, I don't, I don't know what led to it, but we even saw Marvin Harrison running laps around the. Field. Yeah, so uh, I think that that I was going to bring that up. Uh, I believe that he took that on himself as a, a leadership situation. He was not on the field for that particular rep. Uh, I think it was George, George, Fitzpatrick. George Fitzpatrick, false start, and Marvin ran it with him. So I, I don't, 
I don't. I it was not see, a penalty. Yeah, I didn't. I, I, I'm just saying, like everyone, everyone, <laughs> everyone is trying to put themselves yeah. in a position that they're just going to have to push a little bit further. Yeah, I think that. So we talked with the tight ends earlier in the week, and this was practice 11, 11, 11 yeah. right? But uh, G Scott the other day said, like Ryan Day said to the team, right? There's, there's nothing spectacular about practice seven, like. Beginning of spring, you're geared up. End of spring, you're ready for it to wind down. You're excited for the spring game. In the middle, like you're practicing every other day. It's like not as intense in camp. I think their like complacency or just like lack of juice might creep in a little more naturally this time of year than it would as you're closer to the season. And I think they're very clearly trying to combat that, which is I, I'm I'm going to assume that's what we saw. Today. Especially it's Easter weekend. Like these guys probably are like you're gonna see some family stuff this weekend. I think you have to make sure that they leave today feeling like. We better be better on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. As I said, because time is running out. They've got one more week of camp to go, and the spring game is a week from tomorrow. So, and that'll be it. Then you're done until uh, the summer. Before we get into any of the other things we observed, just a couple injury notes that we mentioned on Wednesday. Steel Chambers uh, had been on a scooter. He was on crutches today. He's going to have uh, some sort of procedure on, on somewhere in his leg. Uh, I did not press that issue beyond that, but right leg. Right. It is a right leg. Yeah. Could be anywhere from here to there. I don't know. Seemed lower, but uh, he had no shoe on. Yeah, that's clues. That's been two days in a row of no cleat. Um, but he's expected to be back for the summer. Xavier Johnson, uh, also on a scooter, has been limited for about a week and a half. Really, uh, probably since pro day. I think. Yep. Trying to rack my brain on that. Uh, he uh, will have a little bit of work done as well, and he is expected to be back in June. Um, that is the latest. Injury. Amari Abor was back to work. Yeah. Uh, who else? Jihad Carter was dressed. He did not participate in any drills that we saw. Mayan Williams is over there. We're in the yellow we have not jersey. seen the last couple of times we've been out here. He was there, yellow non-contact. Um, Zemahowski was back at practice, yes. Um, Evan Pryor was, again, with the group of injured guys, like cutting a little bit, which is just like good to see. I think that's a sign of progress. Um, Trevion, normal Trevion jersey. doing doing stuff. Um, yeah. No, I think we mentioned before the court doesn't have the sling. On his shoulder anymore, so he was over there too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, out of all, let's uh, call it a mixed bag. Well, out of all of those, like none of them are expected to keep anybody out into August. So right. that if there had been more pressing injury updates, we would have you know certainly provided those beforehand. But that's what we know about those guys. I, I know Steel Chambers is in a, a very important starter for this team, so uh, that's relevant. And without him and Tommy Eichenberg, that today meant a lot of reps for Cody Simon and C.J. Hicks. It did, and I and I think you see, I think you see one like the reason why Jim Knowles I think is pretty high on Cody Simon as like that third guy at the moment. I think it's mostly just being a veteran, and I also think you see too like C.J. Hicks, incredible athlete. Like he moves differently than everybody at the position, but as Jim Knowles said, you know sometimes he needs to be directed. Maybe as he's trying to sort through the mess in front of him, he doesn't always pick the right spot. He's probably athletic enough to make up for those mistakes when he does make them, but he does make them. So it's. It was like a reminder for me, at least. It was like, okay, like we all want to see him on the field. He is just a sophomore. Like these guys still need to get better. I still think he's going to play this year. Like I'm not saying yeah. like I think the there's a role that, for him if you put him yeah. out there as a pass rusher or you say yeah. go blitz the quarterback. Yep. I mean, go back a ways back to 1996. Andy Katzenmeyer's freshman year was the number one rated linebacker in the country. It was similar to CJ's evaluation coming out of high school. And as a true freshman, Ohio State just put him out there because they had Jerry Rudzinski and Greg Balasari, two veterans, and said. Just go, 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 go blitz, go blitz, rush. Yeah, blitz. well, that's what they called it. And Katzenmeyer had twelve sacks that year as a f- true freshman, and then as a sophomore, his 
his role changed and he won the buckets as, as a, you know, as a second year guy. So there, there's opportunities to get him on the field, but to expect that CJ Hicks is going to be your every down concrete consistent player at this point, is just not fair to him or to yourself. If that's your expectation. I think it, to me, it just served as a reminder. I, I know that CJ Hicks is athletically gifted and, and has got a very, very bright future at Ohio state. When, when Steel Chambers is not on the field, it's a reminder of how good he is. And I, I think sometimes uh, it, we all do fall into that trap of see recruiting rankings, see the, the new new toy and want to have it. Like, Tommy and Steel are two of the very best linebackers in the country. Like They're not going anywhere out of that lineup. Like That's just the reality. And if you think that that's going to change, you might want to temper the expectations a bit because you, you shouldn't take for granted what Ohio State has at the top. The value then is that you get more reps for Cody Simon and CJ Hicks throughout camp. Like that's going to be a real value. Like anything could happen in September or October or November. So if Ohio State had been in this exact same situation last fall, it might have gotten pretty bleak at linebacker. Mm-hmm. It never did uh, because you have to drag Tommy Eichenberg off the field to get him to stop playing. But like now you're in a spot, I think those they still played CJ and Cody Simon played very like played fine today. That's a lot different than what would have happened last fall. So this is nothing but a good thing. I think this position, too, is more difficult to learn than we maybe realize, especially in a two-linebacker system. You're up on the line of scrimmage. You're blitzing. You're covering tight ends. You're dropping back into coverage. You saw a lot of linebackers in coverage today, more probably than we saw them do do last year. And I actually thought they looked pretty good. Uh, Cody Simon had a good rep in the red zone. Reed Carrico had two, a pass breakup and another play where he ran with Allen Hayden on a wheel route and kind of blocked that route off with Kyle McCord. And Kyle got kind of frustrated because he wanted to go there with the ball. But um, it's just, just a lot on the plate of these guys. So it's like, I'm sure there are some things right now that CJ Hickson do really well. It's, can you do everything? Probably not, but it's okay if you can't do everything because you've only been here for 12 months. I mean, there is value to having Tommy and now Steele off the field because this exposure has been good for Reed Carrico. It's been good for uh, Gabe Powers, who's had a very good spring. It's been good for CJ to figure out exactly where he's at, and that's the value of being out here. And when I say exposure, like you're being exposed to see what your weaknesses are, but you're also getting reps, Um, and, and that's important exposure also as i'm watching our screen yeah uh, it keeps going dark and light and that's because the clouds outside keep changing the lighting in here mm-hmm. um so sorry folks the video is gonna look weird from a color standpoint just, just set the mood yeah <laughs> hopefully it's, you can just enjoy the fact that the audio yeah. knock on wood is good and don't worry about the yeah, mess. It's, it's been a trying week it's weird how that happens because we're just in here in the middle of the field but i'm watching the screen and it keeps getting darker and lighter and nothing is uh changed other than the sun sometimes coming out, and that's apparently affecting the auto exposure on the camera. Whatever, big deal. Who cares? <laughs> Something happened in the third down period. I'm going to sit down over there. <laughs> what was it? Trying to remember what it was. I think it's just great to see guys getting a chance to, to show people what they can do. And every, every time he's out here, I was told that this may have been the third pick six of the spring for Cam Martinez. Oh, it was Cam um, Martinez. And again, I know people are going to go back to last year and say, oh, he really, he really struggled at times. Yes, he did. Everyone did. That's the way it goes. People struggle sometimes. Sometimes you get better. Sometimes you continue to struggle. He's going to have good days. He's going to make big plays. He's going to have bad plays. That's life in the big city. <laughs> All right? So here's the deal. He continues to be running with the first team defense. 
SAT. There's not been a single practice thus far, we should say, that he's not been right. starting. Now, maybe now that gap may be growing because of the Jihad Carter injury, and now that he's not fully participating, it's going to make it harder for Jihad to overtake Cam. But it's also important that Cam understands, and Josh Proctor understands, and everyone understands, just because, as I said with Josh Fryer, just because you're in the spot doesn't mean it's yours. You have to continue to earn it. And when you see Cam making plays like that today, jumping her out and taking it to the house like that's how you earn it you make plays yeah it looks really good i think i'm like increasingly expecting them to use that position a little more situationally perhaps than they did last year you have to get him on the field yeah sunny styles i I think is is the guy that you would put in if you if you have like a tough tight end matchup or or maybe a more run oriented team Mm -hmm. and they've been talking about like perhaps a corner playing more of that nickel spot. I think they more or less view Cam as a corner when you talk with them and talk about his hips and his feet, right? And, and his ability to make plays on the ball and what he does after the ball is in his hands. Like that's, he has safety skill. Like if they had to bump him back, I think he could figure it out. If they had to move him up, I think he could figure it out. He's just a smart enough other kid. But I think what he brings to the table is that fluidity of a cornerback at that position, which I think they were missing in times last year. Well, I think if you're gonna, if you're fully committed, which they, which Ohio State obviously is, and Cameron Martinez has been for the last several years, to him being a defensive player and not a quarterback or not a slot receiver or running back or anything or kickoff returner or anything else that he's done throughout, you know, his entire football life, like that is the perfect spot for him. Ohio State has tried him in other, you know, positions at safety, and could he do it? Yeah, but it, it's I don't it doesn't suit his skill set as well as this nickel position does, and letting him be fully invested in it throughout a spring through for a long term like that's how you're going to get something a return on that investment but there's a long way till the season starts and we we don't have to go overboard with it but like he's made the most of the spring it's a reminder that no matter how elite of an athlete is and everyone on this ohio state roster is an elite athlete you are going to have ups and downs you are going to have time that takes you time to learn how to do things you look at player like julian fleming who again out here not doing much this spring because of the final, what he hopes is a final shoulder cleanup to, mm-hmm. to be 100% this year. That was the number one player in the country in the class of 2020. It's not, he has not struggled because he's not good. He's struggled because he came from an offense that was basically the wing T <laughs> and he had to learn how to play receiver. And then he got hurt and then he got passed up because he had happened to play on the same team that Jerry Rice plays for. <laughs> like, that, that taller, 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 faster, faster, faster Jerry Rice plays for. <laughs> it's not like, oh, well, he just flat out isn't good. Like, that's not the case. Like, these guys all have their own path. And Ohio State's coaches say it all the time, and it sounds cliche, and it sounds trite. But, like, everyone's road is going to be a little bit different. TF, Cam Martinez's TFS road, Jerry Rice is what we're going to call him. Cam, Mar- Cam Martinez's <laughs> road regularly leads him to the end zone. Hmm. Hmm. Imagine what it would do if they just like you know punted the ball to him. When that dude, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not going to keep Here talking about Cam. Here we go. There are few players on this team who are better with the ball in their hands than Cam Martinez. I, I would be willing to bet that <laughs> we saw a full kickoff return period today. Run a gauntlet, and Cam Martinez was part of that group, but he was being used only as a blocker. And I just thought, how oh, close, close are you? Just one more level back. <laughs> I, mean, we, we I, I know people don't want to hear about him all the time, but like it, there are very few guys who are as good with the ball in their hands as he is. <sighs> Marvin Harrison Jr. is pretty good with the ball in his hands too. And Bill asked about this uh, coming out of the scrimmage last Saturday to Ryan Day and talked about like getting him more reps and experience and, and to use Berm's term exposure, you know, for the next level by playing him in different spots. There's, I was thinking about that again today. And it's like Ohio state is, in a rare position to be able to do that because they have so much talent at wide receiver. There's no, I don't think there's any other program in the country that would be like, 
We've got the best pure receiver in the country let's, of all time. Let's not play him at, at the X. Let's not make him an outside primary guy going one-on-one against every team's best corner. Let's see. Like nobody, Who else would even think about that? Why would you try it? They have to have them out there to get the production and run their offense. Ohio State doesn't because they have three other guys that they can put in that position and still reasonably expect to win matchups. Yeah, I mean, he's. you want to utilize that weapon to the best of your capability. I, 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 now I want to ask Ryan Day, like, some of the ideas you had for Jackson last year that you couldn't unleash can't are they now on the table for Marvin. And I, and I think some of them can be. Like, do you want to give Marvin a bunch of jet sweeps? Probably not, but he can do it. Like, we saw him do that against Indiana. He got one and he made something out of it. So, mm-hmm. um, I like I like it. I, I, would, I don't like when... They just sort of like leave guys to do one thing and don't always embrace the versatility of players. And I think you can force that a little too much. Not that, not that Ryan Day, I think, has ever called himself in that situation. But there's a lot you can do with Marvin, man. And, and too, like if you put him in that slot and all of a sudden like they want to bracket him with a safety and a, and a nickel corner or something like that, then you're going to have one-on-ones with Emeka Ibuka and Julian Fleming. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'll take that all day. Thank you. I think pretty much anything you do in the Ohio State offense that is different than what the base feels like, it is done to accommodate or help the quarterbacks. And if Marvin Harrison is in other spots that are closer to the quarterback, then yeah. the better it is. That might actually be a part of it too. You know what I mean? Like it, it, if you get him lined up against a linebacker or a safety, that's better. So whatever you can do to move him around to help Kyle McCord and Devin Brown, <laughs> that's what I would do. Yeah. You know? Well, that, that's also- Remember when JT Barrett was quarterback and they ran pop, pop passes all the time? They did that to help him, yeah. not to help the offense. Well, it, it also did really help the offense. Right, but that's because that was the only way sometimes that those passes were going to be completed. Oh, That's boy. not the same case. This seems like, a, seems like an unnecessary drive-by at JT Barrett. Yeah, I love JT Barrett. I'm just saying, sometimes the offense, just need, you couldn't throw, the offense needed that at the time. Right now, you need Marvin to be closer to the quarterback and maybe exposing, that's the word of the day, yeah. uh, exposing some matchup difficulties that he presents. He's definitely one of those. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. What was the best TFJR? TFS JR. Taller, faster, stronger. Oh, we are. Bill and I already agreed to it. We were having a conversation over here. TFS Jerry. <laughs> uh, what was the best throw, throw of the day? You think? Uh, it might have been an incompletion to Caleb Brown mm. um, on like a wheel route from Kyle McCord, which it came right after the interception from Cam Martinez. Kyle was not happy. Ryan Day was not happy. And then the very next play, good to see, Kyle throws what I thought was a dot to Caleb Brown, and Caleb like kind of tracked it poorly and it ended up hitting the turf. But good touch pass, I thought. Should have been. And then that led to Caleb Brown getting some attention from Ryan Hartline. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, catch the ball. I, I just think that sometimes we are we overlook how historically great players that have come through here really are. And when we're watching even Devin Brown and Comacore do that little one-inch drill that Ohio State has where they put up a net and the goal is to throw it one inch over to the receiver in the back of the end zone, that is a drill that became second nature to C.J. Stroud, and it wasn't even a question. And you watch two guys today who are five-star prospects and you know both NFL-type caliber talents really not being able to, to do it at the level that C.J. Stroud made it look easy doing. So it, it's just, it goes back to that point, it's going to take everyone a little bit of extra time. It's not the same group. I thought the thing that uh, Devin, I, I will, because I, I sometimes don't talk about Devin Brown as much as I do Kyle McCord because I have this sense of inevitability with who's going to start. He threw a nice fade in the red zone to Kojo Antwi, high point catch. Uh, it was the ball was where it needed to be. Uh, 
I don't think it was the best throw that I saw today because I thought Kyle McCord had those as well. Um, but I, I want to. I feel like I should make that point that I've said it over and over. I'm trying to re- reiterate. Both of these guys are very capable players. I just Kyle McCord seems to be ahead in that race, and uh, I've seen nothing that would give that edge away. And it's probably bigger than I thought it would be in camp, to be honest. But what Kyle did that I thought was impressive today was work the middle of the field, a couple like standing in there, the protection's still not really great, and finding guys in the middle, you know, between the hashes and, and making some things happen. Sometimes Ohio State's offense has not been great at doing that, and they've worked more to the perimeter, and you, you know, you can find a lot of success there. There was one to Jelani Thurman, which led to, well, one part of 11 practices, he got his black stripe aft on uh, off after the practice, easy for me to say, but Kyle McCord just putting it right in the numbers in the middle of the field to Jelani Thurman. I think a lot of people would get excited about seeing that. I think you're going to see a lot of it in the spring game. I think that's going to be a big Jelani Thurman day. Uh, I like that Devin Brown throw. He threw off his back foot. The pressure on his face was, was, was up the uh, degree of difficulty. Um, Kyle McCord kept the ball in a red zone drill on his own read. And, like, they whistled him before he got into the end zone. But he acted like he scored anyway, which I like. I like the juice after the throw yeah, of the ball up, up, the up to the ceiling. Plus, the thing that was most impressive about that to me is I thought he, like, won that race to the edge. Like, yeah. If it was a real game, he would have scored. scored. Yeah. It was like, again, a reminder, like, he is more athletic. Than I think he's getting tired of the whistle getting blown right before he gets into the end zone That's twice now we've seen him Because he yeah. just continues to throw the ball up into the ceiling, which you can't do in a game. Don't Why throw not? the ball I think into the crowd. We're seeing we've – What if you just throw it straight up? Two touchdowns now that have been called back. Either they can be celebrations or upset. If you are, like – in the South Stands, you're probably going to get a Kyle McCord souvenir yeah. this year. Like, yeah, keep your ticket, students. <laughs> <laughs> Might get a Kyle McCord football that he throws yeah. into the South. Game stand. used, like that. Auto. I don't know. No. If, if he signs it and then, and then throws the, it in the oh, crowd, that's now, definitely a that's, now we're talking, that's better than a dab. I can that's promise it. you. Um, it's bonus snappy Jays in here in the Woody on a Friday. Uh, thrilled for the opportunity. We appreciate Jerry Emig and Ryan Day making it happen for us. One more week to go in spring camp and a lot more coverage coming at ohiostate.rivals.com. You can come hang out with us there. Use code DTE30 for a free month. Uh, and we'll still be here on the podcast uh, every day, but not until Monday. So not every day, not this weekend. That was a lie. I'm sorry. Uh, but we'll see you on Monday. That's Bill and Burham. I'm Austin. We'll talk to you then. Have a great weekend.